DiscerningHearts.com. In cooperation with the Institute for Priestly Formation, presents Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. Deacon Keating is the Director of Theological Formation at the Institute for Priestly Formation, located at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. Deacon Keating has led more than 400 workshops on moral theology and spirituality, and has authored numerous books, including The Way of Mystery, Listening for Truth, and Spiritual Fatherhood. Stations of the Cross Reflections with Deacon James Keating. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. The ninth station, Jesus falls a third time. And here we, we feel almost unbelievably that this can't keep going on, that uh, he's grown too weak, that he just doesn't have the power anymore to fulfill the Father's will. And of course, ourselves and our own lives are near despair at many points of our existence. We just can't go on. We don't have the power, whatever level of suffering it may be, physical, emotional, spiritual. And here Jesus again joins us in what we thought might have passed forever, our suffering. And this suffering comes back. And in this station, he joins us again in this position of failure or pain. He joins us again when we thought that all our days ahead would be healthy or fruitful. And yet we find ourselves once again in a position of limit, finitude, suffering. And so we look upon Jesus here and almost physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, intellectually exhausted. What does all this mean? And we lie there with him on the ground with the weight of all of our failures and all of our sufferings laying upon us, waiting again for consolation, waiting again for grace, for assignment of Cyrene to lift the weight so that we can get up with our daily affairs. But what we don't want to miss about this station is the intimacy of being with Christ in the fall. We don't want to miss the fact that he is there lying on the ground with us, bleeding, in pain. At this time when Satan wants to make us feel so alone, this wonderful station shows us what a lie that is. That even here, unbelievably, to fall yet again, even here, Jesus is with us. There is no place we can go since the incarnation of the second person of the Blessed Trinity and not find him already there. And here is the paradox of consolation in desolation, the paradox of intimacy in what appears to be abandonment. And we have to become experts at living in this place of paradox. That's a true hallmark of a Catholic imagination, that we literally exist in the place of reciprocity between our failures and the fact that Jesus shared in all of them.
our longing for love and acceptance and happiness and the fact that Jesus longs for this as well. And there he is again, God himself, laying low, literally laying low on the earth to be with us. How does he get back up? He arises by the same power that he's going to arise in the resurrection. He arises by drawing his strength from the the beautiful truth that I and the Father are one. He arises out of the deepest of love that the Father has for him and he has for the Father. And impelled and compelled by that love which we call the Holy Spirit, he rises from the ground of weariness, fatigue, maybe even distress, or even a lack or a loss of hope. And as he rises to go forward, to fulfill the mission, he takes us with him. And so as we lay there next to the Lord, in whatever suffering we are undergoing, we too, because we are baptized, have that same intimacy that he had with the Father in us. For we are the beloved sons and daughters of the Father. And so we too can draw from that intimacy and arise with Jesus to go forward in our vocation of marriage, a single life, the religious life, holy orders, whatever call, whatever station God has given us. If we draw from that interior intimacy that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even suffering or failure, If we draw from that truth and live there, we will arise and the mission that he has called us to will go on and we will be faithful. Lord Jesus, we ask for this grace that in the very midst of our failure yet again, we do not turn from you, but turn toward you, you who live within us, the blessed Trinity, and draw from the hope of that life within us and rise again to go on mission. We ask for this grace, Lord. We'll return in just a moment to The Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. Anima Christi, soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds, hide me. Suffer me not to be separated from thee. From the malignant enemy, defend me. In the hour of my death, call me, and bid me come to thee, that with thy saints I may praise thee, forever and ever. Amen. A teaching of St. Paul from his second letter to the Corinthians. We have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. 
For while we live, we are also being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. We now return to The Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. The tenth station, Jesus arrives on Calvary, and he is stripped of his garments. And the, uh, the continuing surrender of Christ is seen here, the ongoing surrender of Christ, not only to the Father and the Father's will, but in this deepest of poverty and humility, a surrender to humankind. Is this how you want to treat your God? Then, then go ahead. And I will continue to, to choose you and to love you and to not forget you. But if this is how you choose to relate to God, then I will undergo it out of love for you. And so the symbol of the, the lack of clothing becomes the symbol of this complete surrender of Jesus to God and to humanity, which of course is the point of crucifixion, the point of total surrender to God and to humanity. And here in this stage, the stage of revelation really, of revealing all, and we first pause and we acknowledge the humanity of Christ, flesh, blood and bones. Here he is a man like all men before us in complete submission. Throughout our own lives, there are times where we are called to complete submission to the will of another, the will of circumstances, the will of God. And this submission, of course, will reveal our true character. When things are out of our control, when our choices no more matter, when other people are calling the shots, our character is revealed. It's always easy to dream and to imagine our virtue at what level and what standard it occupies. But at times when we can only surrender, does our true level of virtuous growth manifest itself. I thought under this circumstance I would be braver. I thought under this circumstance I would be kinder. I thought under this circumstance that I would praise God. But instead I feel like cursing God and I feel like attacking someone and fear has overwhelmed me and I feel like running. Whatever the circumstances of our lives, whatever the situations we are in that we have no control over, this is the station for us. This is the station that we must cling to as Jesus clung no longer to the modesty of clothing, but only to his deepest trust in the Father. He clung here to the Father, and in a strange way, he clung here also to the way we treated him. And within this clinging, his character was manifested as the serene and self-possessed Messiah that he was, where even these circumstances could not touch the core of his identity and threaten this identity. Jesus, it is this that we wish for you to protect in us. 
when we are called through circumstances to surrender to sickness, to relationships that are falling apart, to being fired by our boss, to undergoing illness. When we are called to circumstances out of our control, you be the serene identity at the heart of our character so that we too may not lose our faithfulness to you and to our mission, even in the context of being out of control. As in so many other points of the Stations of the Cross, this one intersects in a strange way with the fall of the first Adam, of that moment where he runs to conceal himself, to clothe himself because he feels shame. And here we have now this moment where the new Adam, Jesus, is allowing himself to be stripped of those garments. Can there be that parallel? And of course, Jesus' response is to stand firm. No shame, because he is the innocent lamb. He does not want to hide, for he stands before all of humanity as a human. Ecce homo, behold the man. Adam ran, ran from the relationship of Christ, excuse me, from God, hid, because he was so self-conscious, so aware of his guilt. Here is a man with no guilt, who stands among us as free. We turn away and hide from his body, but he would never hide. For in his absolute divine freedom, he is in fact the way for our own healing and the way for our own freedom. So yes, this new Adam would never choose to hide, for hiding comes from guilt. And as we look upon the naked Christ, we cover our eyes, not out of modesty, but out of guilt, the guilt of our own sins that we see mirrored in the innocence of Jesus. And so we ask the Lord to restore our innocence by the power of his Spirit, to give us a portion of his freedom, his meekness, his self-possession, and to heal us of our guilt, to heal us of being afraid of circumstances that are beyond our control, but to share in those with you, Lord, you who are our light and innocence and Savior. Help us to share in your complete surrender. Hide us, Lord, in you. We'll return in just a moment to The Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, 
Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Amen. We now return to The Stations of the Cross. Reflections with Deacon James Keating. The Eleventh Station, Jesus is Nailed to the Cross. Here Jesus is laid upon the wood, and then the nails are driven into his body, the nails that will fasten him to the wood, paralyzed, really, unable to move. The nails, of course, and then the lance eventually in his side, which all the mystics of the church have told us reveals his sacred heart. And the beautiful meditations in our church about the water and the blood that flowed from the side of Christ. Baptism, the Eucharist, the birth of the church. He is being opened. His body is being opened. His love is being poured forth from the openings in his body. And this painful opening, all openings of the self are painful. Not only was Jesus to be stripped and naked before us, now his body was to be opened before us. As many of the mystics have said, how much more could this man have given? Every ounce of blood drained from his body. The openings, the wounds, in a strange way, a sign of fidelity to his complete mission to take upon everything that was human, including sin, suffering. The sight of the wounds become a place of deep intimacy with the Father for Jesus. In the midst of this pain, there is a strange peace, for he knows that he has done what love bid him to do, to give all for all. And our wounds, too, that have been opened by many, 
spouses, children, neighbors, strangers, employers, who has opened you, who has caused you pain, who has driven the lance or the nails. This too becomes a site of intimacy with God for us. As one spiritual writer put it, when you go to a physician, the physician always works at the site of the pain. The physician doesn't say, tell me where it hurts, and you say your arm, and then he begins working on the leg. Where does it hurt? And that's the site the physician works on. So here's the divine physician, Jesus, nailed to the cross, the flesh is open, the wounds are real. And he says to you, where does it hurt? Where is your pain? May I work at the site of the pain? Would you welcome my love at the sight of the pain? Would you let me close to all the anger you have toward your mother, your spouse? Would you let me work at the sight of your fear of death, of sickness? Will you let me there? Will you let me work there? so that we might even draw more closely into a common mission? Or will you cover your wounds in shame or fear? Jesus gently wants to remove the shame and the fear so that you can stand before him in pain and share the pain with him. And you say, to what end? I have shared my pain for decades, and I still have the pain. But if you have shared the pain for decades with and in Christ, then you no longer have the pain that you started with. For now, you have holiness. And holiness is a new pain. And if you have yet to share your pain with Christ and show him your wounds, he is waiting to develop the deepest of intimacy with you so that your pain, your anger, your fear, your stress may be replaced by holiness and intimacy with him. For in the end, all of our wounds are to be given over to God so that he can work at the site of the pain or they will be covered and fester and spoil our disposition and ruin our character and taint our intellect to the point that we become pain itself and we chase others from us and we become ugly because of all the pain that is within. Jesus has opened his body to the Father, and he and the Father remain one. And this is what he wants to give you. 
Show him your wounds. Share with him your pain. Let him work at the sight of your pain. For he is the divine physician who brings love. In many ways, this particular station of the cross is even more gruesome than some because of the sheer violence that's being done to Jesus in that nailing, so much so that these are the wounds that remain even after the resurrection. These are the wounds he still carries and when he comes to the apostles and when he, he presents before Thomas. And even after, mystics would experience this when they would be confronted with Jesus. He would still be carrying these wounds. That's right, because the wounds are the place of deepest intimacy with God. And for the wounds to have been covered over would mean that the history of intimacy with God was not real. But it was real in Israel for all of us who wish to share with God at that level. For Jesus, when he rose from the dead and he showed his open side in his hands, it was to some extent proof for the doubting apostles that there was continuity between this man that stood before them now is raised, and all the love that he poured out upon the world before his death. And the scars and the wounds were testifying to the fact that this love was real. And so it is with ours. All of your wounds and all of your pain testify that you are alive, that yes, you have been victimized, or that circumstances have caused you troubles. But, depending on how you relate to these troubles and pains, these wounds actually become a site of future joy. For they become the place of memory, where you can literally look back and say, in that fear, in that stress, in that anger, I can trace the beginning or the deepening of my love for Christ and Christ's love for me. The wounds and the scars become a memento of history. At that time and at that point in my life, I gave this all over to Christ and he did not abandon me. And so if we were to wander through the scrapbook of our own histories, our own sufferings, we will see these pains, these wounds in either two ways as a way of loneliness or as the way of deep, deep love. For Christ came even into our pain and wounds, proving once again that nothing can separate us from the love of God. You've been listening to Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. To hear and or download this episode, along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com in cooperation with the Institute for Priestly Formation. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. 
Join me next time for Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. <laughs>